Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever it is that you have decided to make Sports Talk with David Mobile a part of your day. I thank you and I appreciate it. I, I was not able to record um, the other day to do Game 3. So today we'll be doing Game 3 and Game 4. And, well... After game four, there is not much of a difference between last episode and this episode. Last episode, everything was tied up. This episode, everything's tied up. But before we get into that, how was your weekend? Mine was great. Absolutely fantastic. With the exception of the Phoenix Suns loss, it was great. Um, If you um, didn't remember or uh, haven't heard from a previous episode I did make my way to game four and uh, went to New Orleans Smoothie King Center the blender as it is called and had a phenomenal time I'll talk a little bit more about how everything went um, and just the the day itself um, a little bit uh um, later, or, or the game itself, I'll talk about the day. You know, right here in the in in this intro, in this welcome. Um, but uh, I hope your weekend was good. But um, normal normal weekend for me, for the most part. Um, Friday night, just hung out, watched uh, game three, and uh, uh, watched the uh, the Suns win. Um, and then Saturday, uh, worked a little bit and hung out and at a friend's house and went swimming. And then Sunday was church and game day. Um, left here around uh, two o'clock after um, after church and after everybody ate and um, all that. I went with. Um, my good friend uh, Stephen Kuntz, also my barber. So if you uh, live in the uh, Mobile area like I do, you can hit him up, uh, Stephen Kuntz, um, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Kuntz, K-O-U-N-T-Z. Um, or you can look him up at uh, Kuntz Cuts. Um, and uh, I think it's... Uh, um, K-U-T-Z So K-O-U-N-T-Z for Kuntz And then K-U-T-Z for Cuts I think that's what it is I I guess I shouldn't give out free plugs Without knowing exactly Um, But uh, you can can find him Uh, That's his website um, At uh, .com um, Or you can go to Flawless Fades Off of uh, Sage Avenue um, and uh, ask for Steven and uh, he, he will gladly give you a haircut and he fixes me up every time but I went with him and his brother Sean and we had a good time and um, I drove they, they uh, asked me to drive and I don't mind doing that um, I think uh, 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 Steven he had a um, pretty late night Saturday and then an early morning Sunday before church 
I had a couple uh, had to cut a couple of heads uh, if I remember correctly and so um, he was a little tired um, so I drove um, we uh, like I said we left around two and there was an ac accident along the way so that delayed us about a half an hour or so um, tip-off wasn't until 8.30, so we were fine. We weren't pressed on time, but I, I wanted to kind of leave it um, as early as possible, you know, so that way when we got there, we weren't rushed. If we wanted to wander around the city, we could, which we, we didn't. Um, we just kind of hung around the stadium. Um, but uh, it was um, a good time. I got there around, uh, around 5 o'clock. Hung out around the uh, stadium, um, and early there were more Suns fans hanging out on the side of the stadium that that we were hanging out than Pelicans fans. Of course, at you know tip off, there were by far more Pelicans fans. But uh, met a couple people that made the drive um, from 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 Phoenix. Um, we made the drive, but it was only from here in Mobile. Um, but, uh, we, we acted like we, we were from Arizona because, uh, Sean, he bought himself a, uh, um, a son's hat and he wanted to help, uh, rep the away team. And, um, I had mine as Steven, he, he didn't pick up anything, but, um, we all looked the part, um, and just had a good time. Like I said, talked to some Suns fans there. Um, I saw a couple in line and we just chatted on uh, in line while we were waiting to get into the door and um, just had a just had a had a blast and uh, it was uh, it was it was great except for the loss but I'll get to that in um, just a little bit but um, then the game ended um, and uh, um, we had a a tough time getting out of the parking garage because um, no one was monitor monitoring traffic um, at first and then we um, had uh, uh, make a couple u-turns and stuff like that to get to the interstate and then once we were on the interstate we were golden um, but it was it was midnight um, before we were actually going and um, had to, we only made one stop on the way uh, back, uh, mainly because um, I was getting real sleepy. I drove there and drove back, but um, getting real sleepy, real tired and exhausted from the day and had to stop at the gas station and got, got me a, a soda and, and uh, some uh, nerds uh, to you know re-energize me get the blood flowing um stretched out a little bit and uh made it back safely around two o'clock um this morning so it was uh, a good time jammed out to some worship music on the way um sean gave us updates of the games going um on the way up there and since the suns and pelicans was the nightcap uh, all the other games pretty much wrapped up um, before our game uh, started and um, just just a great time had by all so um, my first first son's game is a was a playoff game 
and maybe maybe someday hopefully soon i'll i'll be in phoenix um for another suns game i doubt it will be a playoff game but who knows um but hopefully i can go to a regular season game sometime soon and hopefully with the majority of this this collective group you know while chris paul devin booker Mikel bridges deandre ayton um i don't um you know if you know everybody will be the same but i would like to go with this group this is a special group in my opinion um and uh, i'd like to see them play at footprint center that would that would be awesome but uh had a great time as i said multiple times all the way through this thing and uh be talking about it here more um you know some things that actually happened during the game um that uh uh you know apply a little bit later um but up next it was uh on sports talk with david mobile game three uh sons and pelicans uh first game in new orleans and uh we'll get we'll get right into it and that'll be up next on sports talk with david mobile all right welcome back to sports talk with david mobile um sons and pelicans game three uh it was a uh 114 to 111 sons win um a close game three points but a win nonetheless um third quarter continues to be an issue it was uh i'll go ahead and say it now it was issue in game uh game three issue in game four um and so every game uh for the suns the third quarter has been an issue um only uh 22 points scored in the uh um third quarter for the suns 31 for the for the pelicans so that's just kind of how it's uh how it went for this uh uh game three deandre ayton led the way 28 points um 13 of 20 from the field uh, perfect at the line of one of one brandon ingram 34 points uh, 11 of 19 and 9 of 10 at the line um eight and 17 boards uh 15 defensive two offensive uh, Jonas Valanciunas, uh, 11 rebounds, 6 defensive, and 5 offensive. And Chris Paul, 14 assists, 0 turnovers, 40 minutes. CJ McCollum, uh, 7 assists, 2 turnovers, and 41 minutes. Um, makes um, back-to-back games um, where uh, Chris Paul, I think was, hold on, before I say this, uh, I want to say it right. It was back-to-back games or back-to-back um, quarters or several quarters. Let me let me look at this. Assist. Okay, yeah, back-to-back games. Um, no, no assist for uh, or, or no no turnovers. <laughs> Goodness, D- a double-digit assist and no turnovers in um, in back-to-back uh, games for. Um, for Chris Paul, um, so that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, Forty minutes played for him, forty-one for CJ. Um, rebounds uh, continues to be an issue, um, not as bad as it has as it has been. Um, still a ten rebound difference. 
um, 35 to 45 in favor of New Orleans. Um, 9 to 11 in favor of New Orleans offensively. And 26 to 34 in favor of New Orleans defensively. Um, Three-point shooting is uh, also has been an issue. 15.4% for the Suns. 34.4. It's not the unconscious shooting for New Orleans. I did say that it wasn't going to be a little bit normal for them. Uh, From the field for the Suns, 50.6, however. So that that was uh, uh, good. And, of course, they, as they do often in most of these games, um, you know, have a lot of assists. So 26 for them, 17 for um, the Pels. Um, and the way the Suns keep, you know, continue to stay in it or even win the game is points in the paint, 64 for the Suns and 40 for um, New Orleans. Um, but uh, largest lead of the game was uh, 13, only 7 for the Pelicans. Um, I think that's about it, stats and other other means-wise. Um, I'll uh, go ahead and get the... Um, money rundown um, and press conferences all queued up and we'll be ready to rock for um, press conferences um, part of the show for game three that's uh, coming up here in a second I told the guys that that exact word resolve um, you know they've been having big third quarters against us for whatever reason we couldn't make a shot but we were getting quality looks in the third and we told our guys uh, in a late timeout in the third like we can't waver right now because we're getting good shots putting pressure on our defense because we're playing in transition a little bit but the shots were there Um, but for our team to be able to weather um, the run that they made was huge and um you know, the stats speak for themselves. So many guys had big games, but I thought the way we played in the paint tonight, I think we had 64 points in the paint. You know, that, that's huge for us. And then um, they only had one offensive rebound in the second half, I think. And uh, that's another marker uh, that speaks to the physicality and, and the conditioning that's starting to come back. That was a uh, key right there, that end. Um, and actually kind of, you know, I'm not going to lie, gave me hope for game four. And uh, if you can't tell the way I'm speaking, um, well, of course, the intro, I said it uh, tied up at, at the end of last pod and tied up uh, now uh, during this podcast. So you know that it was a loss. But, um, you know, he used that word. You feel like they're getting their strength and con- conditioning back, their legs underneath them. Um, kind of gave me hope going in game uh, game four, um, and, and I'm you know I'm like after game one being such a uh, and I keep on using this phrase dominant performance except for offensive boards um, and rebounds in general um, for the Pelicans uh, or for the Suns and the of course a uh, bad third quarter um, for the Suns it must have been off of you know, emotion and adrenaline alone that, that the Phoenix Suns even 
you know, was, you know, so much better than the Pelicans in game one because, you know, a game two loss, a win for game three and a loss for game four and uh, subpar third quarters is, is again, what's, you know, going on. And then um, the fact that they're not getting getting the shots um, that they want, the offense that they want, um, has also um, been a problem. Um, but, uh, I mean, his scoring in general kind of has been, but as he started out, he's, you know, he said that, you know, it was, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit better. Um, uh, you know, guys in, uh, double figures, uh, Jay Crowder, 34 minutes, 10 points, um, Mikel Bridges, he had 40 minutes, 17. Aiton and Paul both had 28 points, uh, 35 minutes for Aiton and 40 minutes for uh, Chris Paul. Uh, Cam Johnson, as a starter, he didn't have double digits, but yeah, 27 minutes, 8 points. And then uh, JaVale McGee, uh, double digits. So um, four guys in double figures for the, for the Suns. Um, and then only... Th- um also well the same amount um no five guys for the suns uh four starters one bench guy and then four guys um for the pelicans ingram 34 um herb herb jones 12 and mccollum um 30 and uh graham with 12 but um that that strength and conditioning thing kind of really, you know, gave give me gave me some gave me some hope um, as far as you know the ability to you know play a little bit more Phoenix Suns basketball, um, and even though it was a close uh, win, it did seem like that again, with the exception of the uh, the third quarter. Dwayne Rankin asked um, Monty uh, about um, DeAndre Ayton. Ayton had a uh, a career high um, twenty eight points in the in the playoffs, um, and uh, was just asked about him. Um, and they they went to DA early and often in in Game Three. Um, this is what uh, Coach had to say. Well, you know, he's – I kicked myself the other day um, when I looked at the stat sheet and I kind of felt it in game two that, you know, he didn't get enough opportunities. Um, now, that might not have changed the outcome um, in game two because they beat us. You know, I, I don't want to say anything that disrespects what they did in, in game two, but he just didn't get enough opportunities in that game and um tonight you know we tried to look at him um on the post a little bit and then i thought chris did a really good job of trying to get him the ball in short roll um but he was you know dominant tonight i mean you look at those numbers um 28 and 17 on the road um and we needed every one of them so it's a huge win for us but i told our guys you know, we can't get happy on the farm. 
you know, we, we're going to play um, a team that just won't quit. And uh, we got to have the same mental stamina um, plus in the next game. And that's exactly, you know, I've said it a dozen times and probably continue to say it until the series is over. And hopefully it's in the favor of the Suns. Um, my confidence level has shaken a little bit. Um, I, at this point, I think it might be a toss-up. Um, but uh, I, I do want to lean a little bit more towards Phoenix, you know, pulling this thing out. But uh, as Monty said, you know, that this uh, Pell's team is just a team that will not um, lie down, will not uh, quit. And uh, he said something about DeAndre Ayton's 28 points and his, you know, 17 boards. That he said we needed every one of them, um, and when they did, it, it's this series has become a lot harder than it than it should have been, or that it had, you know, that you thought it would be at this point. Can't really place my finger on why, um, but. It's kind of been the Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton show. Still waiting for everybody else to to uh, step up. Um, but um, it's good to know that uh, um, you know you can have a couple guys you know play really well and in and, and win the game. You know, despite the fact that um, New Orleans you know pretty much has to give it give it their all um if phoenix is playing well to to win the game um so you know that, that's where my confidence is if you ask me where you know it, it's the the depth of this team unfortunately it's the depth that's not winning it it's it's a couple guys you know just really having to you know put the put the team on their back like chris paul and deandre and so um and and I hate that it's kind of been that way, but you know a, a win is a win, and, and and you you need four of them to advance in in every um in every series. It was another big fourth quarter by Chris Paul. Um, actually, nineteen points in the in the fourth quarter, and Monty Williams was asked about you know what's what's different or you know the fact that you know there was um was um you know no um or was no uh was a another you know 19 point a big fourth quarter for chris paul and so here is um the head coach on chris paul in the fourth quarter they they went to some switching um Earlier, they went to a normal coverage. You know, there was some changing um, of the coverages, and then uh, they went to, you know, trap him. He just kept making the right plays. Um, I wish I could tell you that there was some orchestration going on, but that's just Chris. Um, his ability to, you know, see the floor. Um, obviously, he can score the ball, but he was still making the right plays. And um, it allowed for us to get to the free throw line when they started hitting him. We'd find the guy in the middle. And then we attack out of that. Uh, I think Cam had an open three on the left wing. He just missed it, but that was a byproduct of Chris just making the right play. That's always a uh, good thing to um, be able to do is if your your floor general 
that being your 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 point guard, you know, could have you know everything defensively thrown at him, whether it's double teams, whether it's blitzing, you know, the switching, um, uh, you know, for trying to get a better defensive matchup on on your guy or whatever it might be, and then basically. You know, he just he sees the coverages, sees the defense, and exploits it, and then and gets his team going, gets himself going, gets uh, scores. Um, you know, um, the basketball at a at at a good um, consistent rate is is huge. And if you got that guy to do it, um, you're you're gonna be in in a lot of games, and and or of course. If he's better than that, you're going to win a lot of games. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're just exciting to watch Chris Paul do what he does. Kellen Olsen uh, covers the team for uh, Arizona Sports and uh, um, Empire of the Sun uh, host podcast. Um, he asked uh, Monty Williams uh, about... You know how how he felt about you know his um, defense um, of Mikel or not defense of Mikel, but defense on C.J. McCollum and um, and uh, um, I can't even remember. Um, not Graham. Um, I God, goodness gracious, um, shoot. Well, whatever. It'll it pop pop up to me, you know, here in a bit. But how they were just kind of held um, to a low scoring, um, and you know, just his thoughts on that. That. Remember that name is really throwing me off. I'm just gonna go ahead and and move on to what I want to move on to. Um, but uh, yeah, here here's Chris Paul on or not Chris Paul, um, coach on on that. You know, just kind of limiting um, McCollum. I just think yeah, it, it just takes a lot of focus and energy, um, but you also have to have good team defense around you. You have to show those guys bodies, and you can't get deterred, upset, emotionally off your game when they make a tough shot because that's what they do. Even at the end, you know, they were hitting some tough ones. Um, It's just who they are. I thought we did a much better job of not allowing anybody else to have a huge night, Uh, even though Graham came in and gave them a, a spark in Alvarado. You know, he's, he's, just a, he's just a tough player. And um, I think everybody that guarded those two guys tonight, speaking of Ingram and McCollum, um, you know, they ended up with 64 points, but I, I think it was a tough 64. And um, that, that's how you have to make it for guys that score every night in this league. It was uh, obviously, he just said it there, Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum. 64 points between the two, um, which is, you know, a, a fair amount. Um, but uh, to, as he said, a, a tough 64 didn't come easy with him. 
Um, that, but that's also kind of been a, a strength for this Pelicans team. I've noticed in these games is, uh, you know, yeah, they had the, you know, the um, spectacular game in game two where, you know, they they just unconscious from every part of the court. But for the most part, the Suns um, have made it really tough on them to score and you know but hadn't had any answers to you know keep them one off the glass and then two hadn't had a whole lot of answers um to keep them to limit their scoring but you know as monty said it was it's been a it was a tough 64 points for them and um which that's what you needed he also mentioned jose alvarado who's been a defensive pest in the in this series. He's him and Herb Jones both, um, and uh, they they've made it really difficult on Phoenix so far. And it you you can hear it in Monty's answer. There was a question that Monty was asked to, about in pertaining to something that you know I. Um, forgot about when you know talking about everything I normally would have you know just talking about the game in general and I think it has a lot to do that I try not to spend too much time on all the stats and all that stuff I feel like you know I love it and I love talking about it but I don't know how everybody else feels about it um and sometimes I feel like it can get boring but there was a um flagrant uh, two called on uh, Jackson Hayes uh, for you know pretty I don't I don't say violently but in basketball terms violent um, uh, shot that was taken at uh, um, Jay Crowder and um, Monty was asked about th- that exchange and you know um, what he thought about it. Um, but criteria, you know, it met a criteria for uh, flagrant two, which was ejection, um, and uh, it definitely sparked something in um, in this Phoenix team. And then again, they had a bad third quarter and allowed um, New Orleans to come back um, and get themselves back in it, and still haven't. Um, you know, still haven't played a good, complete, solid game. And so I I don't want to say that Jackson Hayes' ejection is what led to the Suns' win, but it really, you know, looking at it, it really seemed like it did, in my opinion. But anyway, he was asked about, you know, that exchange and Monty's uh, answer about uh, about that. Obviously, you just want to protect your guy. Um, you know, when he got hit, I, I didn't even see the play. And then the, the coaches told me it was, you know, one of those hits that you, know, you just don't want to see in basketball. And then, you know, as a man, you want to respond. But we've always said we want to win the game and not the fight. And um, I thought he did a good job of, you know, controlling himself because that's, that's hard to do in that moment. Um, if you've ever played in this league, you're probably going to be in that situation once or twice, and uh, <laughs> you got to do the best you can. 
to keep your awareness of you know time score situation and how much you mean to the team um when it ha- when it happened um you know i'm like you know man, this is this is it this is the spark because usually it's stuff like that and i've talked about it before you know teams poking the bear poking this kicking the sleeping dog um and this team usually responds and again they did but about third quarter um mess mess things up a little bit but um they didn't in the way i thought they would and um you know uh the suns will stand up for each other they get a bunch of technicals uh doing that you know and arguing calls which has been an issue and you know will come came into play in the in game four but um they they're 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 real deal tough guys uh uh for the most part but in doing that they they um do a good job of of trying not to get too too physical and usually when it gets physical you know it's the other team first it's not like you know um our our guys to to start it um for the most part now um you listen to this you're like oh man um you're lying you know the the the, there there was this time and this time well i not that i can recall is what I, i guess what i'm getting at i'm not saying they're perfect but you know most of the games that i watch and see you know it's it's egged on by someone else and and it it is as coach said you know uh important to kind of keep your coolie as hard as it is um to do so um because you know your availability um in a game is the best ability um and if when you're not uh available because especially of you know reacting and uh, you know selfishly you you can hurt the team um or in the case of Kyrie Irving you know uh flipping off the fans because they were egging him on you you don't hurt the team you hurt your wallet um and you, you get fined when i get to the point where i'm able to edit things a little bit more smoothly and cut up clips um and put a lot lot more time into uh podcasting than i do now even though i do put a lot of time into it at least i feel like i do um this next uh uh question that was asked really could um or really does play into some of what i'll be talking about in in game four but i just kind of want you to remember the question that was asked and the answer that um monty gave and just kind of really try your best to remember it and i mean i'm I'm gonna remind you about it when i when i bring it up uh but you know listen listen to the question and i or, or me tell you what the question that was and trust that i'm telling you the truth and then listen to what Monty says um, about, you know, per, what pertaining question. So the question that was asked, and, and I didn't hear it, but it must have been a really small minority 
Um, but there were some chants um, in um, in the arena um, towards Chris Paul, F Chris Paul, you know, um, like you you would uh, hear, you know, uh, you know, following clap claps, you know, F Chris Paul, you know, something like that. So he was asked about. Um, Monty was about that and, and here was his response uh, to that this city is not about that uh, I, would, I would say whoever did that is probably a small small minority this, this city has always been good to Chris and it, you know those kinds of chants aren't indicative of the people of this city I, I don't know who did that and I really don't care I know that the majority of the people in this city respect Chris and, and what he's been able to do in this city for families and kids speaks for itself so that, that kind of stuff is, is, is you know you don't even want to speak to it because it's certainly not um, a commentary on the people of this city Thanks, yep. so just try to remember that it's gonna play into something a little bit later and I actually totally forgot about um, that I, I've read about, you know, what, you know, what was said, um, but I didn't think nothing of it and really until now. So, um, some great, uh, um, middle of the show, show prep by, by me. And if I can make this work the way I want it to, but just try to remember that and, uh, we'll move on. But, uh, um, Chris Paul next up on, uh, to the, uh, to the mic and uh, uh, we'll get into Chris Paul's part of the press conference. Chris Paul was asked about, you know, the the game itself and the win, and um, here is uh, his his response on on uh, the game three win in New Orleans. That's a big win for us. You know, we knew it was going to be by committee. Uh, we knew coming in. The, this arena is going to be tough, you know what I mean? And um, I think everybody just pitched in tonight and, excuse me, we did enough to win. Here's what you thought. Um, they, uh, they needed every bit, you know, he said, um, you know, they did it by committee um, without uh, Booker. And, and I said going going into, you know, kind of a preview with Booker being out, that this series can be won without Devin Booker. Um, but because, you know, shots weren't falling and other different things, it was a kind of all hands on deck the uh, and a, a collective effort to, to get the win. Um, and, uh, I mean, losing Book is a big part. You know, he's a big part of the offense and defense. Chris Paul was uh, asked about his, uh, you know, fourth quarter dominance that he uh, tends to have, nineteen points in the fourth quarter, and and just uh, his thoughts on that. Uh, I just picked my spots, you know what I mean. <clears throat> Finally had a couple shots go down. Uh, just try to be aggressive, you know. Listen to Da. Da kept telling me he was gonna get me loose, and uh, he told me to stop passing and to shoot the ball. So. Um, you know, shots went down. We got stops at the times when we needed to. One of the biggest plays was uh, Jay Crowder when he got that offensive rebound on that last second shot at the end of the shot clock and put us up five, and I think that, that, that really sealed it for us. 
How about that? DeAndre Ayton, you know, um, kind of encouraging Chris Paul and, you know, uh, helping him out, telling him what he sees. Hey, um, pass the ball and, and start shooting it, you know, is seeing that he can be more effective in that way. So I thought that's pretty cool, um, you know, and pretty cool of Chris Paul to kind of take the advice of of his young center to, you know, uh, take take over the game, shoot the ball, and that's what's great about Chris Paul is he's a he can facilitate and he can take over and score. Chris Paul was also asked about the the three point shooting woes, the fact that and is what it's been, and I you know failed to mention this is they've had a lot of good open looks. But just missing them, the shots are not following, following, falling right now. So here's Chris Paul on the three-point shooting woes. Yeah, we got a lot of good looks. I was one for six. I didn't make much. Of I didn't know we was four for twenty-six. You know, but the thing about it is, we got great looks, and uh, all season long we've been a really good shooting team. So you know, to win this game and for us to not shoot it that well, that's that's a plus for us. Because uh, next game, if we can get those same shots, hopefully we'll knock them down. Yeah, um, he, the thing is, uh, you gotta you gotta find a way to get past your, you know, your drought, and and uh, just keep on shooting. If they're gonna keep, you know, uh, if you're gonna get yourself open or they're gonna leave you open, uh, you gotta keep after it and not get down when you don't make it um and uh it didn't didn't break in game three i'm gonna tell you right now it did not get break in game four but it, it needs to break sometime soon that you know the the lid on on uh on the bucket for this team collectively um and chris paul is absolutely right they have been such a really efficient uh, shooting team both from the floor uh, or from um, the mid-range to the three-point shooting and you know the whole floor in general has, has been really good but struggling of late also of course Chris Paul would be asked that uh, uh, about the uh, chant um, and at first he didn't know what it was talking about what he was talking about um and then uh you know uh when he, there was a follow-up they he mentioned it or they they mentioned it to him and he he said uh that he didn't even notice it but he also said this oh no i ain't paying no. these my people man you talk about you know what i'm saying like i said i i grew up here six of the best years of my life i played for new orleans and uh you can't, you know, base a select number of people on an entire group. You know, <clears throat> I know how I am with this city. That'll never change. <clears throat> I, like I said, I have my parents here, my family here. Nothing like it. It'll always be so much love between me and the city here. So I'll never pay that no mind. I find it interesting. Um, just another interesting answer to to that question um but uh i'm uh 
you know, I, again, I'm going to get into it um, just a little bit. Um, and uh, I don't know if it's going to uh, change anything. But, yeah, very, very interesting answer that, that he would say, you know, even though he didn't, well, he didn't notice it. But even though if it was going on, he he didn't think much of it. So, well, you know, it could could get interesting. We'll just say that. Next up is JaVale McGee, and uh, he was asked about, uh, you know, about Chris Paul in the fourth uh, quarter um, takeover that he does. And so here is uh, Jay Crowder on uh, Chris Paul's fourth quarter. Um, I mean, I, 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 I'm impressed every time I see it. He does the same thing. He'll all game. He'll facilitate everybody else. And then that fourth quarter comes. If we need him, he steps up and uh, starts hitting those minis and taking over. So um, it's just amazing the way he does it. I think what Javel saying there is, you know, just kind of sparked something, you know. And, and I thought that uh, I, I wonder if this this team is be has become or is becoming too reliant on you know uh chris paul taking over the fourth quarter especially you know if they're down or if it's close and um as i've said new orleans has made it so tough on them that they've been down and close you know during uh before during um the fourth quarter um and they've needed every bit of what chris paul has has offered them javel was uh, uh also asked about the um you know the scuffle with um jackson hayes and jay crowder and and uh you know i talk about all the time you know poking poking the bear and uh you know uh Javel kind of lead, leads into that here with his answer. Um, it seems like when teams try to do that to us, uh, it doesn't make us, it, it turns us up, if anything. Um, it makes us go harder. Uh, I remember, uh, I think it was the Knicks and uh, Cam Johnson had got into it with um, Julius Randle. And uh, after that, Cam, I think he went for 38 that game, career high. So when things like that happen to us, we don't shy away from it we, we that actually makes us go harder so i wouldn't recommend that for <laughs> he said i wouldn't recommend it in, in most games um most uh you know games or or in this case series or whatever when that happens it it is good um it uh i thought it was going to happen you know what happened in game 4 when I get to it, I thought it was going to happen, but it, it didn't. Um, and still kind of waiting, as I said, for this whole team to wake up. JaVel was asked another question about uh, Chris Paul. Similar to, you know, the, the takeover uh, deal. And so here is JaVel on, on uh, Chris Paul. Um, I mean, it's amazing. Um, just, just seeing the, the, the concentration, the, the focus, and just the brains that he has of the game and, and the vision that he has of the game, just the way that he knows where guys are going to be, he knows what's going to happen, he reads it. He'll read a play, he'll, he'll, he'll 
do the play, read it, like their plan is like this now, and then they'll switch and do something else. And he'll be like, okay, they switched into this. And it's just every play he's analyzing the game in his brain and uh, and, and communicating with us what, what he's seeing out there. Um, it's just amazing just, just being around a, a basketball brain like that. Basketball, basketball IQ. Um, you either have, you know, a, a good um, idea of what's going on, or you don't. Um, it's, you know, it comes with film study. It comes with a, you know, just knowing and understanding the game and tendencies. But um, there's not many that excel like Chris Paul does. Lastly is um, DeAndre Ayton, and uh, he was asked about, uh, you know, what he told um, Chris Paul, you know, about stop passing and, and shooting and, and just kind of what he saw and, and what he said to, uh, to Chris. The job in the first quarters to really get everybody going and the court start opening up, and I start hearing different terminology out there on the floor, and I'm telling C, I'm like, they're back to normal coverage. I'm gonna need you to shoot the ball. Like, just I'm gonna get a clean hit. I just need you to come off and do your thing. And he did it. You know, and it felt normal. It felt like that's how we was last year when he was taking over them four quarters. So I mean, just making sure his head is clear and you know, know that I got his back, especially when it's time when it comes to crunch time and it's just him and I in those uh, two man games. You know, just making making sure he do his thing. Um. I, you know, don't you don't get to hear that a whole lot from DeAndre Ayton, and, and again, um, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, out of out of everybody on the team, you know, for DeAndre Ayton to say, "Hey, I think that we should do this. This is what I'm seeing. What do you think about it?" And uh, I think this is what you should do. And and you know, talking to his point guard about that instead of you know, normally it's the other way around. So I, I think that's really cool and, uh, you know, show some growth for DeAndre Ayton. DA was asked about the scuffle that uh, I've been referring to a lot and uh, hear his, his response on what happened and what he saw. I mean, hits like that, I get us going. You know, um, I think we needed a hit like that, you know. Uh... You know, dude like Jay Crowder, I think he kept us cool all the way. I just found the fact he didn't, he, he didn't hear the whistle, so he reacted the way he reacted. But to me, I, I think that's the best way you can get Jay Crowder to react without it being overly extra. You know, um, he did a great job of just keeping us in the game, and that's our brother. You know, whether it's incidental or not, you know, that made us play harder. And, you know, that's the type of juices that keep us going and make us want to step you know, step through the whole gas pedal and break it. So just exactly as you know, I said before. You know, I I don't want to think that the you know what happened with Jackson Hayes getting ejected is the reason that the Suns won the game. Of course, by everybody's response, it sure seems like it was, and it gave them the juice. Um, but you you'd like to think. And, and I, I know that I do still believe that with or without Jackson Hayes um, and without Booker, 
you know, whether Jackson Hayes is ejected or not, but um, Booker's still out. Um, this is a series that could be won, but obviously hearing a lot of responses, you know, tells me that it's what they needed. Um, but the point of what I'm trying to make is that I want to see them, you know, not need something like that to give them the juice to win a game. That's pretty much it when it comes to um, DeAndre Ayton. Um, so with that, that's pretty much it when it comes to cell, cells, Suns and Pelicans. Cells, I guess, is Suns and Pels together. Um, but that that's it for Suns and Pelicans Game 3. Up next... Game four, and it's a big one. That's up next on Sports Talk with David Mobile. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk with David Mobile. Game four in New Orleans, second game of in New Orleans. Um, game four, uh, fourth game of the series, and. Uh, it was a 118 to 103 win for the Pels, um, evening up the series two to two. Um, trends still keep keep on going for the Suns and for New Orleans. A bad uh, third quarter, although it wasn't the worst quarter for the Suns. The first quarter was the worst quarter, 22 points, but 23 points in the third. 35 for the Pelicans in the third. Um, and then they follow up with a 34-point uh, fourth quarter. DeAndre Ayton, he led with 23 points, uh, 11 of 14 from the field, 1 of 2 at the line. Um, I hope you've been noticing um, last game, it, you know, it wasn't that much of a difference. But you notice, you know, even in these, um, you know, game leaders, you know, the free throw um, differences. But you know, anyway, DeAndre Ayton, one of two. Brandon Ingram, um, he led his team thirty points, eleven of twenty-three. I think it's this is uh, another thirty-point game for him, thirty or more. I think he's. I think. He's had them in every game this uh, this series. Uh, so Brandon Ingram playing very good basketball. 11 of 23 from the field. 7 of 10 at the line. Aiton, 8 rebounds, 6 defensive, 2 offensive. Valanchunas, 15 rebounds, 10 defensive, and uh, 5 offensive. Chris Paul, he did have 3 turnovers this time uh, with 11 assists, 35 minutes. Brandon Ingram, five assists, one turnover in 36 minutes. Um, it was New Orleans pretty much the the whole time. Um, as far as uh, the uh, box score, still bad um, from uh, deep for um, the Suns. Uh, Greg Drake Howarder was one of three from deep, with eleven points, twenty nine uh, minutes. 
Cam Johnson, 3 of 7 from deep, uh, 13 points, 32 minutes. Um, Mikel Bridges, 0 of 2, um, 8, 8 points, 41 minutes. Aiton, uh, 23 points in 33 minutes. Chris Paul, 35 minutes, uh, 0 of 3, and only 4 points for Chris Paul. Only 4 points. Uh, McGee, he was a 7 of 7 from the field. He couldn't miss. Um, I, I wish they would have got it to him more, um, but they couldn't because of fouls. But uh, four, 14 points for him, 13, uh, 13 minutes. Um, but speaking of fouls, Jay Crowder had five. Cam Johnson had four. Mikel Bridges had three. DeAndre Ayton had three. Chris Paul had four. JaVel McGee had four. Bismack, even in just a couple of minutes of playing, he had one. Um, Campaign had three. And Landry Shamit, he didn't play super, super long. He had 20, uh, 20 minutes. Longer than Bismack, who only played two minutes and and had, um, had a foul. Um, but, uh, Ingram, 30 points, um, Jones, 13, Valanciunas, 26 points, uh, Jackson Hayes, 2 points, CJ, 18, and then a couple guys with single digits in the uh, bench category. Um, big story, big thing of the game was, if you couldn't tell by the fact that I, uh, read off the fouls um, for the team in orange. They had um, 28 of them. So um, they had a lot of fouls, but they also didn't uh, um, get to the line as much as um, New Orleans did. New Orleans got to the line 32 uh, or 42 times. They had they made four, 32 of those 42 attempts. So basically, that's 32 points at the charity stripe alone at 76 point um, two clip. The Suns had um, less than half of that. Um, in um, attempts, they were 10 of 15 at 66.7. Um, so could have shot it better, but also could have been at the line more. Um, rebounds, um, a nine point difference, 48 39, uh, 19 for um, New Orleans, 12 for the Suns. And 29 def- uh, defensively and 27 for the Suns. Um, points in the paint continue to be dominated um, for the most part by Phoenix. Although I say that, I mean because they, you know, they have like you know 50 or, or more points usually. They had 56, but the um, uh, Pels they had 54. So not not too too dominant. Three technical fouls, one flagrant foul, largest lead of the game for Phoenix. Three, largest lead of the game for New Orleans, 18. 
so that that was the bulk of the game, um, the the big the big story of it, um, if you will. Um, Thirty two points, you know, if someone scores. 32 points individually you'd say that they had a big game a, a monster game if if you will um that that's that's a big difference i know it was you know partially um you know and and money mentions it you know um the the team you know not uh understanding you know, situation of, you know, bonuses and all that. But still, it was a big, um, a big issue. Um, again, can't stress. It was just 32 points off of those. I, I don't, I, I could be wrong, but I don't even think that that counts. You know, the, the um, attempts that are made, you know, for um, technical fouls flagrant fouls and stuff like that so um that's a lot of points at the line that that's that's my that's my point in in this whole thing um so but to the atmosphere of the game we'll um pop up um you know and kind of go to what i has was talking about earlier and that that being, you know, the response to Chris Paul, the F Chris Paul chant. Well, in this game, it was for Jay Crowder. And it started with, um, you know, after some calls that clearly the fans didn't like. I know... In the arena, um, the fans around me, um, you know, were, you know, shouting, "Oh, that's not a foul! That's not a foul!" And what they were talking, you know, they're slapping their their wrist, and you know, obviously, you know, way up in the three hundreds, they 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 can't hear us from down there. But, you know, collectively, if everybody's doing that, then you know, you you can be heard. But anyway, um. Jay Crowder, known as someone that flops, and I hate it. If New Orleans uh, Pelican fans, if you're listening, I have a lot of things to say to you as a as a fan base. Um, but if you're listening right now, right here, right now, I don't like you know that that he's become a flopper. And Chris Paul earlier in his career, it was a big flopper, and he's hasn't done it a whole whole lot. So, you know, trying to sell sell calls. Um, as much as he used to, um, it, you know, he still does it and it is annoying and it's my least favorite thing of the game, but the fouls that, you know, Jay Crowder, uh, or that you guys were committing, well, you guys, um, that your team Pelicans fans was committing on Jay Crowder. There were fouls regardless whether he was selling it or not. Um, you cannot be in the foot space the landing area of a shooter when he's shooting a jump shot that it's it's going to be called every time it's like the targeting thing if it you know 
if it looks like a targeting, smells like targeting, you know, it's it's got to be targeting. It, it, it's the same thing with this. You know, too many guys, you know, landing on uh, some, uh, you know, the defender's foot because you're all up in their grill. Um, but you're, you know, in, in, and you're in their landing area. Um, you can defend without, without, you know, being in somewhere, you know, intentionally putting your foot or maybe, maybe unintentionally putting your foot in someone's landing area. Um, and their foot space, you know, because they can, they can really hurt themselves. They can, you know, break an ankle or, you know, sprain it at, at the very least. So it's, it's a foul regardless. You know, yes, he sells calls sometimes with his flopping. I get it. I hate it too. Um, but he, you know, it's it's a foul regardless. So shut up and take your foul, and and just you know learn to understand the game. You know, like know the rules. Yeah, it's it that that's my big beef. That or not not the biggest beef, but that's my one of my big beefs uh, for. Uh, if you're a Pelicans fan, and I don't care if if I you know lose um, people over this, maybe I'll gain them for for being so uh, aggressive about this. But it, it's it it's annoying and it, it pisses me off when obviously fans don't understand the game. You know, it, it's not always a foul just because you slap the the wrist on the shot. You know, you you got you you got to know the rules. Um. And I think it's just aggravating when you, it, as a opposing fan or team, when someone like Chris Paul, he does his rip through, rip through move or something else happens, there, you know, it's it's a ticky tack foul, yes, but it is a foul, or or some of these fouls are ticky tack. This one not particularly, but. It's what happens when you have a team that that's some veterans that know the rules, and they're going to use them to their advantage, however they see fit. That's just it's just how it goes. It sucks sometimes. It's annoying, but you know, just just get over it. That that's not even the the biggest problem. Again, you know, the free free throw disparity is 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 the thing. Now, I, ne- I always say, you know, I'm not never gonna. Um, you know, blame a ref for why my team wins or loses a, a game. Um, the Suns did plenty of things and have been doing plenty of things to mess up their their own rhythm, to mess up their own chances of winning games. And a lot of it has to do with you know their shooting woes and and uh, you know inability for for rebounding you know when they do good on rebounding they forsake the defense so it's it's a combination of things let's get that straight right here right now i'm not going to blame the referees for you know what what happened um but it's um you know it's definitely a problem so what what leads me into you know, getting in the foot space, what were, you know, remember I talked about, you know, the, the um, chant for uh, Chris Paul. Well, again, it switched to Jay Crowder. And, you know, it, it might be, you know, funny at first. It, 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 you know, I even at first, I even, you know, once I, I heard it, I, I, I chuckled. I'm like, all right, whatever. 
Um, but have have a little little class. And, and I know Pel, Pelican fans, you'd be like, well, and I've seen it all over social media. And a lot of Suns fans really, you know, complaining about uh, the way we're chant, uh, chanting, you know, F.J. Crowder and all this. But you have, you know, glorify a guy that, you know, got in a fight with a um, Nuggets fan last year. Well, I don't. I'm not an advocate for that either. But if I remember it correctly, he was he was fighting back after the two or three dudes that um, you know that were um, behind him, you know, trying to fight him. So I don't even want to hear it. Um, he's defending himself. Doesn't make it right, but he's defending himself. Um, but I mean, guys. You know, these players, they're human too, you know, and, and um, I know it's its part of the game, it's part of playoff basketball, but show a little bit more class and character that every time, you know, someone has the ball or you're upset because, you know, they're they are flopping or whatever, or, or you don't understand the rules that, that uh, the foul is still a foul regardless, and so you're going to tell the dude to, you know, blank off. Um, every time, you know, he has the ball or every time he's at the line or even as your own guy is at the line, you're going to get it in. Um, it, it was so much so evident that, uh, um, it came through the, uh, television broadcast. I found, I, I didn't watch the game. I was going to watch the tape. But I decided not to watch the tape on this one. I was there, and, and there's a couple things that I, I wanted some clarification on, maybe, you know, from the refs or whatever, um, and hearing it, um, because it is different at home. But it was able to be heard. I guarantee you they, they cut that crowd mic off, and so it was basically loud enough and evident enough, that chant, um, to come in through Kevin Harlan and Reggie, um, um Reggie Miller's um microphone um and I would not be surprised I hadn't heard anything but I would not be surprised if the team gets fined now obviously you know there's not a whole whole lot they can do I don't think you know it's not like you can punish the city or find the fans or find you know whatever so you know if you're fine someone you you find the team um, for something like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I, you know, I understand again playoff basketball, but it felt a little, little, little excessive to me. Um, and you know, just the hostility. It wasn't hostile to me. Obviously, hostile to to my team, and I know they're big boys. They can, you know, they can, you know, take that energy and usually most games you know make a team pay and it didn't didn't happen this time but so having said you know all that um here is the um the money the money rundown well they, they they for sure played with more urgency and grit than we did tonight uh, i told the, the guys that you know we played hard but they played much harder that that was a that's just a fact um and then the third quarter for whatever reason we haven't been able to be productive in that that quarter whether it's 
you know, missing shots or, or not getting stops. But it's it's been a trend um, in this series. So you know, something that we <laughs> have addressed. Now we just got to go out and, and, and be better. Um, it, it, you know, to to the credit and the. Um, again, if you're a Pelicans fan, I tipped my cap off to you guys uh, last night. I mean, you have a team uh, that plays really hard. Um, Jose Alvarado, I mean, the fans the fans love that guy. Um, you know, they, 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 they love him, you know, so much that, you know, you, you hear, you know, and, and I'll play it here in, in a little bit because there's another opportunity for her to play it. But, he, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and, and do it now. But I'll talk about him while I'm looking it up. But you you hear, um, you know, fans, instead of Ole, you hear, you know, uh, Jose, you know. And then so, uh, you know, Jose, 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 Jose. You know, I mean... It, it it's it's contagious you know that he's an undrafted rookie he's a defensive pest he's not not dirty i didn't think he was um and or has been and um you know so then you got um you know uh herb jones also and so it's you know it's a it's a big deal and um you know they they play very um very scrappy and so this is you know this is what you know what it sounds like you know and you know in in the arena last night you know for Jose Alvarado Um, that's one, and there was one more. I didn't see this, but you know, I did hear them doing this. But this is this is just you know people still celebrating the win. Um, um, you know, after after the game. I mean that's pretty cool, pretty special, you know. Um, they just headed, you know, headed to their vehicles. Um, so it's 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 cool, you know. Uh, they really really love the, their team and 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 love what what's going on there. So um, you know, got got a lot of things going on for them, and and you know, good scrappy team, that's for sure. Anyway, Monty Williams was you know asked about. Uh, the series in you know the fact that they are you know tied up two to two they were tied up you know last year with the Lakers two to two so you know just kind of talking about that similarity and and you know uh and what what these you know goal is to you know figure it out and, and get some change and so just kind of asked about you know the series as a whole and uh, here's Monty Williams. Well, I, I think the the label on the series is you know whoever gets the fifty fifty balls gets to the spot first 
doesn't give up the effort plays is typically coming out the winner. But I'm going to say this, 42 to 15 in free throws. You, you can slice it any way you want to. In a playoff game that physical, that's amazing, okay? And, and coaches shouldn't have to come up to the microphone and, and feel like they're going to get their heads cut off for speaking the truth. It was 17 to 2 in the first half, and then they end up with 42. That's hard to do in a game like that. And it's not like we don't attack the basket. That's really hard to do. And so, look, they, they outplayed us. They deserve to win. But that's, that's a free throw disparity that you have to look at. And then when I got the technical, I've looked at a number of angles on that call. Jay hit the ball. It hit Ingram's leg. And then Jay's hand hit his thigh after he hit the ball and the ball was gone. And so I'm, I'm like, what do you do? You know what I'm saying? But that's a huge disparity in a game like this. Uh, that, that, that's hard to swallow. It, he's exactly right. Now, a lot of you know, a lot of people will say, you know, the the Suns do enough complaining, and it, it's it hasn't gotten better or worse. You know that I'm thankful that they don't typically doing do it during during the gameplay. You know that they they might say something real quick before they. And run down the court, but they're not like LeBron down there arguing the whole time and refusing to get on defense and and then hit why his team is over there getting getting scored on, um, you know. But they they do get a lot of technicals because they argue calls and and so then you hear the coach kind of you know some people excited they stood up for him. Some people were like, hey, you know, now you're only enabling them to continue to do so. Uh, the NBA is terrible at officiating. It has been for, you know, 40 years now. So just play and get over it, you know. So I understand both arguments. Um, but the lack of disrespect that – or their lack of respect and the full-on disrespect that the Suns have been getting over years, um, you know, it, it's it's like it's a – whether you're a superstar, is you know, or – or not a big market team or not you know it's it's obviously called different for different teams different players that to me is absolutely obvious and you can't convince me any different um and it's absolutely ridiculous and clearly Monty Monty is tired of it um and even more so in in these these big games yeah again They've Phoenix has been playing like crap. Only a couple guys actually playing good, you know. So I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna let them slide on that. They've been playing like actual actual crap, and you know, New Orleans deserves to win that game and the other games that they, you know, they uh, they won. They deserve to win them as well. Um, but it it is. It's a problem, a big problem. And, you know, when he says it's amazing, he's not talking about it in a, in a good way. You can tell by the tone, obviously. But it, it it's, it's mind-boggling how one team, as he said, goes up there 42 times. And then another team only goes up there 15. 
Um, imagine if they were 100%. That would have been 42 freaking points at the line. You know, I mean, someone that scores 40 points, well, I mean, 30 points, like I said, you know, if it's an individual getting that, you know, that you would say, oh, it's a monster game they had. Um, you know, 42, it, it you know, you you would assume that, you know, it was a dominant win. It just, it, it's just, it's a problem. That's all, you know, there's not much else, you know, you can say it. it it's a problem. Um, Dwayne Rankin, who also asked a, the previous question, was following up about Devin Booker and him and him coming back. Uh, not not really saying, hey, you know, is, is that the issue? But here's Monty Williams on, you know, Devin Booker and, and where he goes with it. Don't worry about that. The guys who are on the floor, we just did it the other day. We played harder. We didn't shoot the three ball well, and we won the game. Okay, we didn't give up. Now, we have to be smarter as it relates to fouling and knowing the bonus. But that's a huge disparity. We can't worry about whether or not Book comes back. Obviously, we need Book back. But that's not why we lost the game. They played much harder than we did tonight. It's, you know, and again, he's right. Yeah, he's absolutely right. I said it before. You, he, you know, Suns can win this series without Devin Booker. And, you know, there's a strong possibility they can win next series without him. Hopefully they won't have to. Um, but they're playing so much like garbage in, in some, you know, especially these third quarters and, and last night wasn't very good at all. Um, it's like, man, maybe they need him, need him. And it's, it's going to be so embarrassing. I hope it doesn't happen. You know, like I said, it's a toss up for me now. I still have a fair amount of confidence. The Suns are going to come up on top of this, but you know, to have the season they have and, and then, and lose, I couldn't, you know, I, I've thought about it, but I can't even really actually dwell on it and think about it, think about it because it, it, you know, it would be so embarrassing and, and frustrating. And, you know, uh, they, I, I know they have the ability to get fixed and obviously they need, they need to get it fixed, but can't worry about, you know, who you have and who you don't have. And, you know, you have the ability to win a game. You did it the night before. They they just need to go out there and do it. Next, Monty was asked about Valanciunas, who's been really great, you know, um, on the uh, on the boards, but also pretty solid in in his scoring. So here's Monty Williams on Jonas Valanciunas. He was he was effective tonight. He forced his his will. He got to his left shoulder a number of times tonight. We fouled him. Like it was, it was as if, you know, we didn't know he was going to go to that left shoulder the way he's done his whole career. Um, the one three he hit didn't challenge it. That's on us. That's on me as a coach, not having our guys ready to play against a guy who only got five or six attempts in game three. You knew he was going to come back out and play a lot with a lot more force. Um, in in that. You know, quote one thing I take away is, is you know you hear it in his frustration. You know, so you hear it in frustration with the media. You know, you assume it's got to be more, um, more intense in the in the locker room. Uh, you know, your your 
frustrations about what's going on. But he said, you know, we're acting like, you know, or we're acting, we're playing like, you know, Valanchunas is doing something that he's never done before. And, you know, so basically frustrated that, you know, we can't figure out how to guard this guy or we're just falling asleep defensively in, in doing so. That's that's kind of how I felt like I took that, you know, just um, about Valanchunas. You know, give him his props, but it's like, you know, we got to figure out how to defend this guy. And we're acting like we don't, you know, we don't know how or we, we don't know what to do when he when he goes to that left shoulder. Next, Monty was asked about Brandon Ingram again, who's you know had a couple of thirty-point games and and uh, you know has been uh, a big key to the successes of this series. So here's Monty Williams on Brandon Ingram. You know, he he's a guy that just makes tough shots. I mean, he had twenty-three shots to get thirty points. Um, the problem is he's you know he's getting. A number of free throws. That's that's the one that hurts you. If he's going to hit twos on you, I haven't seen anybody stop him. We, we just have to have more awareness of the foul situation. And you know, another you know slight hit at the you know free throw disparity there, but also um, you know, let's not forget that you know. Even though there were a lot of fouls called on the Suns, you know, and there, there's plenty of egregious calls missed on both ends. Um, but there was one in particular that was just really bad. I, I don't want to get into too much because it frustrated the heck out of me. Um, but plenty of non-calls. But again got to be more disciplined than than that you know yes you're getting a ridiculous amount called on you seems you know unfair but you gotta keep your composure and understand the situation so i do like that monty williams is, is saying that monty was asked about jose alvarado and you know the, the pest on defense he is they more specifically he was asked you know seemed like that you know he's he got under your skin a little bit not not his skin specifically but the team's skin get, got on on their nerves so just asked about Alvarado and the job he's done yeah I, I think he, that, that's why he's in the game he does a good job of it I, I don't even want to complain about that part. He does his job well. You know, that that's what he's been doing all year. Um, we, we can handle that. We just didn't do well tonight. Um, so the props props for the young man. And, you know, like I said, he he's one of those guys you hate to face him. He does, he's not dirty. I hadn't seen him do anything dirty, but he's a pest on defense and he had a heck of a game last night. Him Again, him and Herb Jones, both, both rookies, one drafted, one undrafted, and playing very, very well right now. Next up would be uh, Cam Johnson, and uh, he's taking questions from the media. And, and Dwayne Rankin was asking about, you know, what's going on in the third quarter for the Suns, and what they, what are they doing, or you know, what is the Pelicans doing to them, and 
and what's going on with his team in the third quarter? Um, they're just coming out and making more plays than us, you know? Um, I felt like in that third quarter, we got some good looks. We got some good opportunities. Didn't get them to fall, and, and they capitalized on theirs. And sometimes in basketball, that's that's just what happens. Um, but what we got to do is we got to focus in extra, focus in extra on, on making sure that doesn't happen. Um, and again, they've had great third quarters. We've had terrible third quarters, and um, something's got to break. And I, it's, it's, it's got to. I, I mean, got to be more consistent. Kim was asked about the three-point shooting disparity, and uh, he has a pretty long answer. Kind of goes a little bit all over the place, but it, it kind of it's like he covers everything in, in the one answer. Um, but uh, just asked if you know three-point shooting woes is demoralizing. No, it's not demoralizing. Um, it's I keep saying it's over and over again, but it's part it's part of basketball. It's part of the game. Not everything goes your way every time. If it did, then there would be no need to play the game, you know. And each team is <laughs> one thing to go their way. Um, and sometimes one team falters a little bit. Sometimes another team rises a little bit. But you got to stay steady. Uh, you got to stay in the middle. Can't get too high with your highs. Can't get too low with your lows. And and keep fighting. Uh, you know. Everybody who's got to this point has been through adversity in their career. Um, nobody has been just winning, winning, winning with nothing stopping them. You know, it, it, it's part of sports. It's part of life. Um, the fact that you have to fight through things like this. And and it, for us, you know, I, I have the utmost confidence in our group. So in terms of there being momentum shift or things feeling shaken, they got to they got to come back to Phoenix and we're going back to Phoenix. And, and we know how, how big it is to play in our city. We know how important it is to us. Um, and this playoff run, man, there's a lot of stuff that's behind it. Um, and a lot of a lot of fighting through the regular seasons for the past couple since I've been here. And you, you can say, you know, it, of course, if you play a game on another team's home court and they win, it, it feels like momentum. But you have to block out all that noise and just be prepared for the next game. Um, and shots didn't fall. Uh, didn't get to the line as much as we wanted. And, and they had some some swings and momentum in this game, but all that stuff you gotta you gotta push to the side, and you know every play that's coming up in this next game hasn't happened yet, and we'll have a um, we'll have a you know a choice in, in how that goes. Um, he says a lot there, a lot of a lot of case cliches, but you know they're they're true. Um, but uh, you know I said this in the past that you know if you have the opportunity to go to the home game or, or go to the home games and be loud and be proud. Don't be like New Orleans uh, Pelicans fans and, you know, be uh, obscene and use uh, explicitives in, in the form of a chant. Um, but, uh, you know, take pride in it and this team is going to need you to be loud so if you can go be loud and be proud about it um and trust like you know like he's trusting in his team to you know get get in gear and wake up and uh you know the shots will will start to fall and everything will start start to work out trust that they can get that handled 
I mean, it's they've been the best team, you know, uh, head and shoulders above everybody. Um, you know, eight games ahead, you know, for the for majority of the season. Um, they're obviously not playing like it, um, but it doesn't mean that it can't start um, in, in Game 5. Even though Game 5s have not been, you know, great for the Suns. It wasn't last um, last year, you know. This is, Game 5 is when it turns around. And that's what I get the feeling that Cam is, is feeling and, and getting the sense of in that in that answer. Next would be uh, Chris Paul, and uh, just you know, given his his thoughts on uh, on uh, Game Four. Um, let me look at the sheet. I mean, just from playing, you know, they were they were aggressive tonight. You know, what I mean, they came out, uh, they made all the big plays. Dude. Probably out rebounded us again. Yeah. 38, 39, you know what I mean? They just get them a lot of credit. They, they play well. Um, sound, you know, sounded like, you know, Chris Paul is, you know, the way he answered that. Just, it was a matter of fact, but you can tell that he's, he's like, you know, tired of the, of the, the obvious struggle. Um, you know, for the game and, um, you know, that they haven't gotten, they, they can get it fixed, but just haven't gotten fixed because he's like, oh, they probably out-rebounded us again. Yeah, yep, they did, you know, um, but, um, it, it sounds, you know, like just to, to us, it probably sounds like, you know, that they're, they're, already defeated but the way I choose to think about it is and it's probably what he's coming at is that he's frustrated with everybody including himself Dwayne Rankin uh, was talking to Chris Paul and asking him you know it about the physicality of the New Orleans Pelicans and um, you know, he mentions, you know, some of the plays of, you know, guys knocking knocking his teammates down and everything like that. And so, um, you know, just talking about the physicality of of the Pelicans team. It's like the old NBA, ain't it? You know, I asked one of the refs one time, I said, we playing the old NBA or the new NBA? I was fortunate enough to play in both of them. You know what I mean? So we just got to figure out which one it's going to be. You know what I mean? And regardless, you know, whatever it is, we got to be able to adjust early in the game and, and figure it out. Play better. Old NBA or new NBA? Obviously, old NBA is a lot more physical than the new NBA. If For those that didn't understand that, I, should, I would imagine the way the tone of Chris Paul, you know, spelled that out for you. But um, it sure seems like, you know, it's going to be the old NBA with, you know, you got Jackson Hayes, you know, shoving someone and getting ejected, and then a missed non-call of Herbert Jones, um, you know, completely trucking, you know, Chris Paul, and he gets up, and you know, 
as quickly as he can to try to get himself back in the play defensively and um and then shortly after well you know um the uh pelicans get the bucket after a, a an egregious missed call so i mean it it's definitely one of those things that they uh they they've got to get past chris paul was asked about the uh third quarter third quarter woes it's crazy you know we talk about it going into the game us as a team and all that that we got to be better in the third quarter so um i don't know i remember the home game they got in the bonus real quick in the third quarter and i think a lot of coaches and teams they always try to uh, say that um what is it? They made more free throws than we attempted. You know what I mean? So that's probably a plus for them. Um, it's a, uh, it's definitely, um, you know, a problem. The, the third quarters and, um, you know, may, it's a bunch of stuff that, Suns are doing shooting themselves in the foot, like you know Chris Paul said. You know, not getting them in the bonus really quickly uh, has been been the big big problem. And it did you know it did did happen you know just about every every game and it happened a lot last night. Um, you know I felt like uh, other than you know the regular foul shots. I look up at the graphic on on the screen and see that the Pelicans are in the bonus again. It's just like my goodness, you know. So a little bit of what Monty said, got to understand, you know, when they're good, you know, how many fouls you have and getting them in the bonus, and then um, obviously, you know, guard without fouling. Chris was asked about uh, Alvarado, and you know, one of the stories of the game. Here's Chris Paul on that. He's a good kid, man. He plays hard. Yeah, he plays. He plays hard. He found a way to, you know, get here in the league, and he he plays hard. He's a, he's a really good energy guy. You know what I mean? So. Um, and an energy guy. Yeah, he he. Yeah, he's he he brings the energy. That's for sure. Um, I nothing really to add there, you know, about Alvarado. Next up would be DeAndre Ayton, and uh, he was, uh, you know, look come in immediately and started looking at the box score and the stat sheet and all that stuff. And so he just asked, just you know, sometimes the media members will see them do that and say, "Hey, what what catches your eyes about that?" And the, so that's basically what this question is: is Hey, DA, what do you what what catches your eye about the the box score. Rebounds. Uh, it's valid. Those two things, really. Um, I, I, I think that third quarter. Going to the third quarter, we, we was trading baskets, and then we just started fouling. They started collecting calls because they were aggressive, but... We just kept fouling, and them dudes had momentum, and they realized that they were in the bonus early. So they did what any team would do, you know, attack, and you know, be aggressive and finish, and, you know, they was getting their calls. 
Um, I, you know, I think DA was kind of telling it like it is. I'm not saying that no one else was, you know, just a lot of cliche answers and which, you know, that's to be expected. And, um, but DA kind of telling it like it is a little, little, you know, I like the different side of DA that we've seen the last two games as far as his answers and, and hearing things of what he's doing and what he's seeing. You're just kind of growing up. DeAndre Ayton was asked about, you know, the third quarter, dis, uh, you know, the third quarter woes and discrepancies and all that. And another matter-of-fact answer from DeAndre Ayton. Uh, yeah, Fallon and offensive rebound, second chance buckets, they, they, those are momentum shifters, uh, you know, and them dudes get a second chance after guard and what, 20 seconds in or 18 seconds in again, another chance. It could put a little deflations and little deflation in your defense. And that happened a little bit too many times today. So, I mean, just stuff like that we got to pick back up on. Uh, you know, just be aware of the physicality and know we got to find the body. Mark was talking about the physical guy like Jonas. It's all about the team defense. What was he able to do to make more effective than the last one? Yeah, it was weird how, uh, how they were playing him. Um, I think. He wasn't out there as much as with me matching the minutes, like how the series been going at the beginning of the time. So, I mean, uh, yeah, it was just I was I was barely out there sometimes to where I could really like feel what he's doing. I mean, the crunch time where he was getting to the line, where they already in the bonus, he was finishing at the line. But I'll say he was all over the glass like how he was in game one. You know, um, just getting those tip. Those tip outs, we just gotta make sure we handle him and just take him out, take him out completely. That's about it. Yeah. Um, kind of a two for one there. Um, but uh, you know, I I I really like you know Da being a matter of fact. Hey, you know, second chance points killer. Offensive rebounds that we're not getting killer. You know, just everything all that is is you know helps you lose a game real real fast that's for sure all right that's pretty much it for deandre Ayton, and that's it for uh game four game five in phoenix tomorrow um 9 p.m central time so i'll be ready and rocking and you know hope money pulls out all the stops you know there was a, a spark late even though it's garbage time, was sparked late by a couple guys that uh, you know haven't had a whole lot of playing time, like Bismack, like uh, um, Aaron Holiday. So maybe he'll go to those guys and and just mix it up somehow. You know, put two big guys out there in the lineup instead of your traditional one. I know he's done that in the past, so maybe he'll throw it all out there and and we'll we can get a a dub and uh, you know mess these guys up. Um, you know, Willie Green has been huge for the series. I just can't help but wonder, you know, uh, him knowing our sets, knowing how to mess with Chris Paul has been making a, a big difference, and uh, um, we need to do the same to them. But anyway, until next time, I appreciate you guys listening to Sports Talk with David Mobile. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>